Well, praise the Lord. If you have your Bibles, turn to Acts chapter 10. Acts chapter 10. While you're turning there, there's three kinds of people that uh, live on planet Earth. There's people that never have been to church, don't know anything about the Bible. They're just unchurched, unbelievers. Never been around Christians much. They don't know anything about God. So that's the first group. Second group of people is people that may have been to church, may not have been, but their lives are uh, a wreck by maybe drugs and alcohol, different things, and their, their lives are just shattered. And so they're, they're looking for help. And so that's the second group. Third group is people that go to churches all over the United States. And uh, a lot of those churches don't preach the gospel according to the Bible. And so a lot of those churches have people... Well, they're full of people who think they're going to heaven, who think they have a place reserved, but they don't. And uh, so the first group that have never been churched, they're probably the easiest people to reach with the gospel. And uh, they come under conviction. You can take the Bible, show them. They don't have any hang-ups, no baggage, no religion dripping off of them. And uh, they can just see the word, believe it, get saved. Then the second group, those that are plagued by some maybe bad thing in their life, bondage, addictions, or whatever, they're easier to show how to be saved because they're wanting something that will change their life. And you show them Jesus Christ as their way, their freedom, and uh, and they, they get saved, readily get saved. But the last group, the people that uh, have some kind of religion, they're uh, maybe even brought up in that religion, grew up in that religion. And so how could my mom and dad be wrong and you be right? So we're going to look at a person in the Bible today, Acts chapter 10, a person who has religion dripping off of him, (laughs) if you can think of it that way. This guy is buried in religion, but he's lost. He doesn't know God. He's got a sincere heart. Amen. Acts chapter 10, verse 1. There was a certain man of Caesarea called Cornelius, a centurion of the band called the Italian band. Verse 2, a devout man, one that feared God with all his house, which gave much alms to the people and prayed to God always. That sounds pretty good. He saw a vision, evidently about the ninth hour of the day, an angel of God coming into him and saying unto him, Cornelius. And when he looked on him, he was afraid. I think I would be too. And said, What is it, Lord? And he said unto him, Thy prayers and thine alms are come up for a memorial before God. See, God sees everything that's going on. He sees this man's got a good heart, but he's not saved. And he tells him, And now send men to Joppa and call for one Simon, whose surname is Peter. He lodgeth with one Simon a tanner, 
whose house is by the seaside, he shall tell thee what thou oughtest to do. When the angel spake unto Cornelius was departed, he called two of his household servants, devout soldier of them that waited on him continually. And when he had declared all these things unto them, he sent them to Joppa. So let's stop there and pray. Father, we thank you for today. Thank you for the opportunity. And Lord, I pray that you would help me to be just concise and uh, uh, Lord, just say what needs to be said. Father, I need your help, Lord. I don't, I really don't know what to say, Father. I've, I've studied and prayed and and think I know what to say, but I pray that you direct my tongue and, and help in a special way. I pray for the power of the Holy Spirit to be here. I pray for somebody uh, within the sound of my voice, maybe somebody live stream or somebody here in this building, that, uh, Lord, they're just not sure about their salvation. They think they're a good person, and they probably are, but, Lord, that's not good enough when it comes to salvation. So, Lord, help us today. Help us to see some things. Yeah, maybe we don't know, and uh, we'll thank you for it. Just want to tell you we love you today, Father, and we ask this in Christ's name. Amen. <clears throat> Maybe seated. So we're going to talk about this person, Cornelius, and then uh, then we'll get into the the second and third part of it here. So there's really two main characters today in our in our passage. It's Cornelius and the Apostle Peter. And so let's talk about Cornelius for a little bit. Uh, in verse 2, uh, actually in verse 1, it says he's a centurion uh, for the Roman army. So that means he has at least a hundred men under him. Centurion, century, a hundred, all mean the same thing. So he's got at least a hundred men under him. So he's a man's man, he's a leader, he's disciplined, and, uh, you know, he's just a... Uh, he wouldn't be in that position if he didn't deserve it. Amen? But something's missing. And so I've titled the lesson today. Lesson. It might as well be a lesson because I'm not a preacher. Amen? So we're just teaching today. But uh, I titled today's message, There is Something Missing. So he's a centurion, and he's a leader, and all this is going on in his life. But something's missing in his life. And then in verse 2 it says, he's a devout man. And if you study this out, uh, he's probably a Jewish proselyte. He wasn't born a Jew, he's a Roman soldier, but he has taken on the Jewish faith. Okay, you with me? He's taken on the Jewish faith. Why would he do that? Because he's probably looked at the Jewish faith and studied it a little bit. And the the Jewish faith, uh, faith, they're a a monotheist. A monotheistic faith. What's that? One God. They just got one God. So all these other probably religions of the day had multiple gods, but here's a one God. And he's probably studied out and, and uh, the miracles that happened in the Old Testament. And man, this God, he's done these miracles. And that, you know, I, I'd like to know that God. I want to know him. <laughs> and so he's a devout man. Uh, pious, godly, religious. He's a man of faith, believing that there is a God somewhere. Amen? You've got to give him credit for that. But something's missing. Something's missing in his life. And it says here, uh, one, that, uh, <clears throat> one that feared God. Here's a guy that fears God. Are you with me? 
All these young men down here, I'm thinking, do they fear God, you know? Do you ever think about that? There is a God somewhere. He fears God. He reverenced God. Uh, hey, hey, he uses God in the decisions of his life. He fears a God that he can't see, he doesn't know, but he knows there's one there somewhere. He fears God, but something's still missing in his heart, in his life. Uh, and then it says he feared God with all his house. Hey, he had such an influence in his family that he feared God, his wife fears God, all his children fear God. All his grandchildren, I don't know if he's a grandpa, but uh, it says all his house fears God. Hey, he's got an influence on other people. This is a pretty good guy. Are you thinking about it here? This is a pretty good guy. Uh, And then it goes on to say, which gave alms to much people. What's that talking about? That just means that he'd see somebody in need and he'd give them some money. He'd run into somebody that's poor, somebody hungry. He'd help them out. Hey, this is not your run-of-the-mill, mean, cruel Roman soldier. Here's a guy with heart. Here's a guy that cares about people. Surely he's going to go to heaven. But something's missing. And then look what it says here. And prayed to God always. This guy probably prays more than I pray. More than you pray, baby, huh? It says always. He prays all the time. He's all the time praying to a God he's never seen, to a God he doesn't know, but he thinks there's one there. See? He's wanting to know God. Can you see his dilemma? He's a good guy. (laughs) Hey, if he would come in here today, we would probably say, Brother Cornelius. We'd probably give him that... That title, because, you know, he's a good, he's doing all this, he's praying, he's giving. Wow, he fits right in here, like he's one of us. And then it said there, he saw a vision. This guy's connected to heaven somehow. (laughs) He sees a vision. Verse 22, I'm just kind of giving his credentials here. Verse 22, it says that he's a just man. He kept and observed divine laws of God. He's trying to keep the Ten Commandments. He's a just guy. And then it says in verse 22, of good report, he had an honorable character to all that knew him. That guy ought to be a deacon. (laughs) Man, he's he's a good guy. Man, he fits the bill, doesn't he? Surely, hey, surely this guy's going to heaven. Verse 30, it says that he, he's, he fast. He's a guy that, that uh, uh, fasts in his life. What's that, fast? That, that, that doesn't mean he runs fast. That means he, he goes without food, trying to uh, get God's attention. See, he's doing all these things. Are you with me? Can you see his dilemma? Well, I think he's a pretty good guy, Brother Mike. Well, he is a pretty good guy. He wants to know God, but something's missing. He wants to connect to God, but something's missing. Surely he's going to go to heaven. Surely he is okay with God. Surely he will make it if anybody's going to make it. Not so. 
says the angel in his vision. You got something missing, Cornelius. He was lost and on his way to hell. He had religion, but not salvation. And listen, how do you know that? You're just judging him. Stick with me. God goes to all the trouble to send an angel from heaven down to Cornelius and say, Cornelius, you're such a good guy. It got all the way to heaven on God's little iPhone. God, God has an iPhone in heaven, and this little icon thing popped up. Cornelius is a good guy. He prays, he fasts, he gives money to the poor. Just being, oh yeah, Cornelius. Yeah, I know about Cornelius. No, it's not that way. <laughs> hey, God just knows everything, right? Right? right. And he's omnipotent. He knows everything. But it says here that his giving, amen, and his praying, his fasting, and all of that, it came up before God for remembrance. It caught God's, uh, God's attention that this, hey, this guy's a good guy, but he's wrong. I'm going to send an angel down to tell him there's a right way and you're doing good things, but you're missing something. So in verse 22, the Bible says this, He is warned from God. The angel is sent from God to warn him. To warn him. That's the terminology here. Was warned from God. <laughs> Something's missing. Hey, and God, God goes to all trouble, send an angel, and warns him. Hey, you're doing great as a person. But for you to get to heaven, doing all this stuff, you're not going to make it. It takes something else. And I'm an angel. I'm not going to tell you. has to be a man. Do you know God always sends a man to tell somebody or a woman to tell somebody about him? God always uses a man. Amen? You can, you can study that out through the Bible. Somebody wants, hey, some, uh, think of it this way. Think of it this way. Somebody is uh, in the world, and their life begins to kind of go downhill, and they start thinking about, is there a God? I'd kind of like to know a little more about God. Maybe they just think that in their heart. They don't even ask anybody, and God shows them something. You've all heard this before. Psalm 19, the heavens declare the glory of God, the firmament showeth his handiwork. Day unto day utter speech, and night unto night showeth not his knowledge. There is no speech nor language where their voice is not heard. What's that talking about? That's talking about creation. That talks about, hey, somebody that doesn't know God, somebody in the, in the, in the jungle somewhere, somebody on a, on a continent where hardly anybody, they've never seen People from another country. <laughs> how do they know about God? Here's how they know. They walk out at night and look at the stars. And you know what that, that Psalm 19 says? It says that the heavens declare. <laughs> Talks about the heavens' speech. Well, I, I've never heard the stars say anything. You know what the stars are saying? There's a God! 
Hey, there's a God. Somebody made us the stars. You with me? The heavens declare. They're silent, but they're screaming. There's a God. Amen? Hey, and as a man, he gets that much light about God. God gives him a little bit more light. Amen? And if it's you and you begin to search for God, God sends somebody into your life, or you'll see a verse, or you'll hear some preaching, or if by chance you get a Bible and you open it up, and God begins to speak to you, begins to give you more light and more light and more light to the point where you understand you're a lost sinner and you need to be saved, and you cry out to a holy God and He saves you. God just gives you more and more. If you want more, He'll give you more. If you don't want any light, stay out of my life, God. I got things to do. I want to do this. God will leave you alone. But He gives you light if you want light. And He'll give you more light. Amen? And so this guy, he's wanting light. He's wanting to know about God. And so finally the angel comes and uh, he tells him, I can't tell you anything. I'm an angel. But there's this guy called Peter. He's staying down here at Joppa. You need to send some people down there and get him. Bring him back. He's going to tell you what you need to hear. Now, is that exciting or what? That's like crazy. Now, when I got to go to Israel, first place we went to was Caesarea. It's right on the coast. It's not Caesarea Philippi. That's way up in the other part of the country at the headwaters of the Jordan. That's different. But Caesarea is right on the coast. 30 miles south of that is Joppa. So you read that, that he sends men from Caesarea to Joppa. They walk 30 miles. They didn't catch a bus. They didn't ride bicycles, probably. They probably walked. So we pick it up on verse 9. He sends men, they go down there, verse 9, on the morrow as they went on their journey, you die into the city. Peter went up on the housetop to pray about the sixth hour. Now we're going to talk about Peter. So God's dealing in Cornelius' life, right? Now God's going to deal in Peter's life. Peter went up on the housetop to pray about the sixth hour, and he became very hungry, typical Baptist, and would have eaten... But while they made ready, he fell into a trance and saw heaven open, a certain vessel descending unto him, has been a great sheet knit at the four corners and let down to the earth, wherein were all manner of four-footed beasts, earth, wild beasts, creeping things, fowls of the air. And there came a voice to him, Rise, Peter, kill and eat. But Peter said, Not so, Lord, for I have never eaten anything that is common or unclean. So Peter is a Jew. He's been raised in the Jewish religion, and so he's, uh, he's very evident of the Levitical law that he shouldn't eat anything that's an unclean type animal, so he's never done that. So in this vision, God is telling him, I want you to eat something that's unclean. Peter says, not so, Lord. So it happens three times in, the, in this vision. Verse 16, this was done thrice. The vessel was received up again into heaven. Now while Peter doubted in himself what this vision which he had seen should mean, behold, the men which were sent from Cornelius had made inquiry for Simon's house and stood before the gate and called and asked Simon, 
whether Simon, which was surnamed Peter, was, uh, were lodged there. While Peter thought on the vision, the Spirit said unto him, Behold, three men seek thee. Arise, therefore, get thee down, and go with them, doubting nothing, for I have sent them. So you have to think about this. This is, uh, this is God. There's, an, there's another story besides this story. God is trying to get the Jews, the Jewish people, Israel, of that first church in Jerusalem, to go after the Gentiles. God's going to open it up. It's not just for the Jews now. It's for the Gentiles of the whole world. Aren't you glad? I'm a Gentile. Amen? And And it's ironic, because in the Old Testament... You know, it, some people might think, well, the, the Jews, they've just always been against Gentiles and telling them about God and allowing them in their faith. Now, you look at the Old Testament. God was wanting to use the, the Jewish nation to reach the world. Well, how do you know that? Joppa. Who's the guy that went down to Joppa? Jonah. God, God gets a hold of Jonah. He's a Jew. I want you to go to Nineveh, Gentiles. I want you to tell him he don't want to go. What's he do? He goes to Joppa, catches a ship, goes out on the ocean, gets swallowed by fish. Isn't it ironic that in the New Testament, God tells the Jewish people to go after the Gentiles? Isn't it ironic? It starts in Joppa. You know, God's having the last word here. Amen. So he's there. Rise and go with them. Then Peter went up, uh, went down to the men that were sent from Cornelius and said, Behold, I am he whom ye seek. What is the cause wherefore ye have come? And so they tell Peter now, listen to him. And they said, Cornelius, the centurion, a just man, one that feareth God of good report among all the nations of the Jews, was warned from God. Did you get that? Was warned from God. Yeah, yeah, Cornelius is a good guy. His alms and his giving and his living good has come up before God. God noticed. But God said, something's missing. You're not saved. You've got to get saved. You can't live on your good works. You can't go to heaven on your good works. There's got to be a time when you're born again. Was warned of God by a holy angel to send for thee into his house, listen, to hear words of thee. <laughs> so these guys that came from Cornelius, they said, man, you've got to come back and tell him. Verse 23, then called he in, lodged them, and on the morrow Peter went away with them, and certain brethren from Joppa accompanied him. <clears throat> So think about this. In verse 3, he sees a vision. The angel from the throne room of God comes and warns him and says, Thy prayers and thine alms have come up before a memorial before God. Uh, He had gotten God's attention, but something's missing. And, uh, And so they're sent to get Peter and bring him back. And so then in verse 24, we see the meeting. So Peter actually, the next day, Peter walks 30 miles. How'd you like to go on visitation? 
They're knocking doors 30 miles. Amen? It's a little bit stronger uh, Christianity back then, Brother John. Amen. <clears throat> so, verse 24, here we go. It's the meeting. <clears throat> Excuse me. And tomorrow, after they entered in Caesarea, and Cornelius waited for them and called together his kinsmen and near friends, so he's got a house full. He knows Peter's coming. He invites everybody in. There's somebody coming that's going to tell us, hey, what's missing? Going to tell us what's missing. Verse 25, and as Peter was coming in, Cornelius met him and fell down at his feet and worshipped him. <laughs> He's got a sincere heart, doesn't he? <laughs> I'm telling you. Hey, here's a, here's a centurion Roman soldier bowing down to who? A Jew. Now, wait a minute, wait a minute. Who's in charge of the country? It's the Romans. Who are they in charge of? The Jews. Can you see what's going on here? This guy's sincere. He, hey, I really believe he's, he knows he's missing something by now because he's been warned of God. You're missing something. I'm going to send somebody. They're going to tell you what you're missing. Peter walks in, and he's just, Laying down in front of him. Is this the answer? Look what Peter, look what happens here. Verse 26. But Peter took him up, saying, Stand up. I myself also am a man. And as he talked with him, and he went in, found many that were come together, and he said to them, Ye know how that is an unlawful thing for a man that is a Jew to keep company or come uh, unto one of another nation, but God has showed me that I should not call any man common or unclean. So he's telling them, uh, I shouldn't be doing this according to my faith. His old faith. His Jewish, Judaism faith. I shouldn't be doing this, but God has showed me that I need to do it. Verse 29, Therefore came unto you without gainsaying, as soon as I was sent for, I asked therefore for what intent ye, sh ye have sent for me. And then Cornelius, he gives the story of his, of his uh, vision. Four days ago, I was fasting until this hour. At the ninth hour, I prayed in my house. Behold, a man stood before me in bright clothing and said, Cornelius, thy prayer is heard. Thine arms, uh, alms had, I can't get my tongue to work. And thine alms are had in remembrance in the sight of God. So he got, it, he got God's attention. The angel told him, see? Verse 32, send therefore to Joppa and call hither Simon, whose surname is Peter. He is lodged in the house of one Simon a tanner by the seaside, who, when he cometh, shall speak unto thee. Immediately, therefore, I sent to thee, thou hast well done that thou art come. Now, therefore, are we all present here? We are, uh, are, are we all here present before God? I, I don't know why I can't read this morning, but must be old age. Look what he says, before God, to hear all things that are commanded thee of God. Hey, not only has God warned him, but he knows now he's going to get some commands. He's going to, hey, he's going to be told, this is the right way. You need to walk in it. This is the right thing. You need to do this. Something's missing. 
And not only have I warned you that something's missing, I'm going to command that you heed to it. Is that amazing? You know, we take, we take the Bible and Christianity so liberally and loosely. Can I just say this? There's a God in heaven who loves all of us, but we're not going to change his mind when it comes to salvation, his way. It's not religion. It's not religion. Hey, I say this all the time to people I disciple and people I, at the prison and jail. I tell them this. you got two piles one great big pile over here, talking religion. One great big pile that doesn't believe what this book says. That says if you're good enough, or you get baptized in our water, you join our church, you go to heaven. Big pile. They're wrong. Dead wrong. <laughs> Amen? Then there's this little bitty pile over here. What's that? You're saved by grace. It's just God's amazing grace. His mercy, He saves you. Hey, you realize you're a sinner? Realize that you're just a mess? And you're sick and tired of being sick and tired of being sick and tired of being sick and tired? And you cry out to Him, a holy God. No religion, no baptism, no church membership. It's just you and Jesus, and He saves you. Little teeny pile. Religion. Churches, right here. Real little. Great big pile over here. Going the wrong way. Broad is the way that leadeth to destruction, and many there be that go in thereat. Narrow is the way that leadeth to life, and few go in thereat. Amen? So, verse 34. Then Peter, now Peter's going to tell him, Man, we're doing great on time. You guys okay? (laughs) Time for a drink. Look at this. We're about done. Verse 34. Then Peter opened his mouth. That's a good thing. (laughs) But he's preaching, amen. And said, of a truth, I perceive that God is no respecter of persons. So, Like I said before, there's two things going on here. It's about Cornelius, but the bigger vision or the bigger thing, too, is about God going after the Gentile nation. He's opening up salvation for everybody, not just the Jews, see? Verse 35, But in every nation he he that feareth him and worketh righteousness is accepted with him. The word which God sent into the children of Israel, preaching peace by Jesus Christ, there it is, He is Lord of all. That word, I say, you know, which was published throughout all Judea, began from Galilee after the baptism which John preached. So he's saying, you've heard this. You've heard it in your your nightly Fox News. You know this. You heard about Jesus Christ. Hey, I was thinking this this week, that Cornelius, you know, he's he's a centurion guy. He's he's like a he's like a, uh, what's the word I'm looking for? He's not just an enlisted man. He's an officer, right? He's an officer in the Roman 
army, and I'm sure that he probably had some meetings with some higher-ups. You know, they do that in the military, right? And I'm sure that one time or another, the story about Jesus, and how the Roman soldiers crucified him and all of this, you know, and I'm sure that got back to Cornelius somewhere through the grapevine, right? So he's heard, and Peter tells him, you've heard this. You know this. Verse 38, how God anointed Jesus of Nazareth with the Holy Ghost with power, who went about doing good, healing all that were oppressed of the devil, for God was with him. Just talking about all the miracles Christ did. Verse 39, and we are witnesses of all things which he did both in the land of the Jews and in Jerusalem, whom they slew and hanged on a tree. Verse 40, him God raised up the third day and showed him openly. What's he telling him? He's telling him the gospel, the death, the burial, and the resurrection of Jesus Christ. That's the good news. That's the gospel. This is how you're going to get saved. Hey, this is the thing, Cornelius, you're missing. This is the thing you're missing in your life. It's Jesus Christ. Hey, you got all the credentials. You're devout. You're religious. You give. You pray. You fast. But you're going to hell. Is that amazing? How many people in the world, hey, how many people in the United States are sitting in churches today? Maybe somebody here. Maybe somebody on live streams watching. They have all this religion, all this do-goodism. I'm not saying they're bad. I'm just saying they're wrong. They're dead wrong. God sent an angel to warn him and says, I got some commands. If you don't do them, you're not going to make it. Something's missing. Verse 41. Verse 42. And he commanded us to preach unto the people to testify that he, it is he which was ordained of God to be the judge of quick and dead. What's that mean? Someday, everybody's going to stand before Jesus Christ. He's the judge. Amen. I, I say that at the prison and jail sometimes. I always say, anybody ever been for a judge? I've never, they haven't thrown anything at me yet, Brother Andrew, but <clears throat> what am I saying? We're all going to stand before the judge. That's what he's telling him. That's what he's saying. Verse 43, here it is. Here it is. This is what he's missing. Look at this. Verse 43. To him give all the prophets witness. Everybody down through time, all the preachers, prophets of the Old Testament, they all pointed to Jesus Christ, right? That through his name, what name? Jesus, whosoever believeth in him shall receive remission of sins. There it is. That's what he's, hey, that's what he's missing. He needs to believe in, trust in Jesus Christ. For what? For the remission of his sins. Amen. All the do-goodisms, religion, all that other stuff, it's not going to wash away your sin. You getting this? See how simple this is? Hey, then somebody might say, uh, well, it says, whosoever believeth, I see that, in him shall receive remission of sin. Well, he shall. That means later. That means later. It doesn't mean later. 
means right now. Well, how do you know that? Well, I looked it up. I looked the tense. I looked the tense of this up. What's tense? Tense is a, has to do with English. I hated English in school. Hated it. Hated it. You want to talk math? I'll talk math. I hated English. But, hey, I did this on purpose. Whosoever believeth, I looked that up. In the Greek, the Greek wording there and all of that, you know what the tense is? Present tense. What's that mean, Brother Brett? It means right now. Right now. Present tense. Whosoever believeth right now, listen to this, shall receive is in the past tense. Whosoever believeth right now shall receive. You already got it. Some of you are looking at me like, I don't know what I'm talking about. <laughs> I don't know much English, but I looked that up. It's present tense, believe, past tense, you got it. Instantly. You heard of instant potatoes, instant coffee. The Bible teaches instant salvation. You don't ooze into it. You don't live good, pray enough, give enough to get it. Instantly, instantly, you're saved. Instantly. Well, I don't, I don't, I don't, I don't know if I believe that. You got something missing. You got something missing in your life. But hey, look, look at this. Look at this. Somewhere between verse forty-three and verse forty-four, they get saved. I mean, it's almost like instantly they get saved. Hey, there's no, let's take them aside, open the Bible, go through the Romans road. You don't have to do that. Why? He's been looking. His whole household has been looking. They've been waiting for that missing something, right? He's been waiting for Peter to show up and tell him that missing something, right? And so they don't have, there's not a lot of thinking. There's not a lot of ciphering. There's not a lot of figuring out. You guys with me on the front row, second row here? Y'all guys? They don't have to figure a lot out. Here it is. I'm lost. I want to get saved. Save me. That happens between verse 43 and verse 44. How do you know that? Look what verse 44 says. And while Peter yet spake these words, the Holy Ghost fell on all them which heard the word. Now, when you get saved, the Holy Spirit enters into you and dwells in you. You have the Holy Spirit the rest of your life till you get to heaven. He lives in me, the Holy Spirit. Amen? Brother Schuyler, He lives in me. He lives in you. The God who created the world. You guys with me? The God that created the world lives in me. I'm talking really. Really, He lives in me. When I got saved, he moved in. Somewhere between verse 43 and verse 44, they got it. They got saved. Holy Spirit moved right in. No messing around there, huh? No religious garbing and jump through this and stop doing that and start doing that. They believed 
and they received. Amen? Is that good? Verse 45, And they of the circumcision which believed were astonished as, as many as came with Peter, because that on the Gentiles also was poured out the gift of the Holy Ghost. So there's some saved Jews there with them, and it just blew their mind like, oh, you mean the Gentiles get what we got? It gets better. For they heard them speak with tongues and magnify God, then answered Peter. So tongues is not for today, but it was still alive and going back then, amen, at this time. Verse 47. Then answered Peter, verse 47, Can any man forbid water that these should not be baptized? Listen, which have received, what's that? Past tense, have received the Holy Ghost as well as we. (laughs) Hey, can you see this? Can you see this? Can you see the progression here? Hey, if you're hung up on baptism, you got a problem. Something's missing. Well, how do you know that, Brother Mike? The progression. Let's look at it real quick. They heard. They heard. They believed. Holy Spirit moved in. Then they got baptized. If you got baptism ahead of any of that, you got something missing. You got something missing. This is plain progression. I'm not twisting. Hey, he preached, they heard, they believed, the Holy Spirit moved in, they were saved, then they were baptized. We're done. Let me close with this. Cornelius, he's such a good guy that they hear about it in heaven. Is that amazing? He's such a good guy. They hear about it in heaven. It comes up before God for a memorial. Man, this Cornelius down here, he's, man, he's, He's just a super nice guy, good guy. You, you know, but you know what happens? The heart of God is troubled. And so he grabs one of his angels and says, get down there and tell that guy there's something missing. Tell him to find Peter. Peter will tell him how to be saved. Get down there and get that done. The angel shows up. Cornelius is scared to death. Cornelius, you got something missing. You need to go find Peter. He's down there in Joppa. And then the angel's gone. You know, angels in the Bible, angels don't mess around. They're there, and they're out of there. (laughs) Amen. Cornelius sends for Peter. Peter comes. Peter just tells him, you got something missing. It's Jesus Christ. He's the one that died, was buried, and rose again. He gave him the gospel, amen? And it says that him and his whole house believed and received 
Remission of sins. They got saved. That glorious or what? That's awesome. That's how I got saved. Amen? If you're saved, that's how you got saved. If you think you got saved, but you didn't do it that way, you're not saved. I'm not, I'm not twisting. You know what you need to do if you got religion, or you got a lot of good things, religious things in your life? You know what you need to do? Just take it and pile it up over here and forgive it. One last thing, then we're done. <laughs> my mom, we were raised Catholics. And my dad died, not sure about his salvation. <clears throat> but I prayed for my mom 40 years, 40 years. We got a, a phone call a couple of years ago. My mom, a Sunday afternoon, she called. She wants to talk to me on the phone. I'm watching NASCAR and feeding my face. Yeah, how you doing, Mom? Yeah, talk to, you know, she's telling me a few things. And then she says, oh, by the way, can you stop by sometime this week and just make sure I'm saved? What? <laughs> I go over to Mom that night after church. I go over there. Me and my wife, Carol, go over there. And we sit down, and my mom says, now let's talk about God. I said, yeah, let's talk about God. She goes, you tell me. And then I'll tell you if that's what I did. I said, okay, Mom, take all your religion, all the good stuff, your baptism, church membership, pile it over here in a pile, just burn it and forget it. And just take Jesus Christ, what he did on the cross, ask him to save you and forgive you. And she had, a, she had one of them automatic recliners that come up, you know, and go down with the button. She hit that button, she kind of leaned up like this, and she goes, that's what I did. She got it. She got saved. It took her 40 years to get rid of her religion. Let's stand. Stand, every, every head bowed, every eye closed. Let's have a word of prayer. Father, we thank you for your word. <clears throat> Lord, this story about Cornelius, so plain, so simple, so just easy to understand. He's such a good man, but God sends an angel to warn him, you're not good enough. Something's missing. You need my son, Jesus Christ. Peter tells him he gets saved. His whole house gets saved. And Lord, I think about folks that are listening online, maybe on live stream or someone in the sound of my voice or maybe somebody in this building today, Lord, that they got religion, they got a lot of good works, but something's missing. They don't have Jesus Christ. They're not saved. And they struggle with that, and they struggle with that, and they struggle with that. But they don't want to give up their religion. They don't want to give up their, how good they are, Lord. Maybe they feel embarrassed or something. But, Lord, we don't, we're not against them. Lord, everybody in this building is praying. If there's somebody like that, they'd get saved today. They'd come, get it settled. Wouldn't it be a great thing to go home and know that you know that you know that you know that you're saved? Father, help them to come if there's somebody here today. We ask this in Christ's name. Amen.
you need the Lord, just come. Man, don't fight it. Wouldn't it be great to have it settled? And the Holy Spirit, listen, the Holy Spirit inside of you right now is, or he's, he's either in there, or he's knocking at your heart's door and saying, you need to do that. You need to get saved. You don't want to fight the Holy Spirit, amen? Such a simple thing. Such an easy thing. 